previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. We mentioned PTI earlier, the or the lack of, I should say. You Listening to Tony for 20 years, is there a specific reason? Do you just not like Will Bond? You can be honest. <laughs> I do not care for Will Bond, no. Gotcha. I, I could live without that. I love Phil and Frank. Can I just say that? So I does Lucy. Just... You know, <laughs> there's something about him. He's got that star quality. I don't know what it is. Yeah. He's charming. He is. Back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Roxy. Chuck. We're going to start here. Oh, boy. First one ever. Okay. We're very excited. We got an email. It says, hi, guys. My name is Michelle Takei. Ooh. And while you do not know me, you know my husband. I am not ashamed to say I am here to ask for a favor. I am unsure of the logistics. However, Todd's birthday is on December 5th. And if there is a way you could wish him a happy birthday, it would just be wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle Takei. Happy birthday, Todd. Happy birthday. Now, obviously, it's not your birthday yet. So there's a little pre-birthday. Happy early birthday. But as we're assuming the 5th is on the Monday and we're assuming Tony will drop a show, so we won't. So this is the soonest we could get it to you and we didn't want it to be late right so we're doing it a little early we hope that's okay michelle i mean michelle we can't tell you what that means to us that's, that's the so first sweet. time anyone's ever written in saying hey can you give a birthday shout out to so-and-so right so i love this that was great roxy so much it's weird we have so much housekeeping to do this episode one thing i did want to start with actually it was a little upsetting i we've had some advice that we should start our own patreon page mm-hmm. and i was like nah we got anchor i think it was Smitty Scoop, who's like telling me all about this. And I'm like, right. we're not big enough. You know, I'm like, it's it's okay. We're cool. You know, we're just going to stick with Anchor. Well, Anchor's kind of like sucking because this has happened more on one occasion. We got an email from a little who said they got an email from Anchor saying that they had successfully unsubscribed from the Loyal Littles podcast. And they were like, I didn't. So they went and resupported their donation to the oh. pod- Yeah, that's happened a couple times. And it's a little awkward because, you know, I... Look, we don't necessarily think people are going to support the podcast for the rest of their lives. You know, these generous supporters sure, we have. Sure. So, and, you know, sometimes who knows what, you know, times might be a little tough. They need mm-hmm. to make choices and we're not on the, you know, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But it's also awkward when, because we see when we get supporters added and then unfortunately we also see them when they go away. Right. So it's not like we're in a place where we're going to like knock on their door or call them up and be like, hey, why'd you stop supporting the podcast? We're just thankful for any support they gave us. So they do it for a couple months and then drop out. We understand. But mm-hmm. Like I said, so it's just good to know that littles that might be happening to you. There's been that's happened like once or twice, maybe three times. And another person got in touch and they said, you know, I might resubscribe. I'm not sure. And it's just been different ways. That's why we also did the Venmo. Right, right, right. right. So enough about that. We've talked too much about that. But I did want to just thank them for letting us know Mm -hmm. that there's a glitch, basically. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know. We'll have to look into it. But anyway, Roxy, next we got some snail mail, right? We did. All right. Who's that from? This is from Kate. Dear Chuck and Roxy, this is Kate, Brad Phillips' wife. I just wanted to write to thank you so much for all the support for my book. It really means a lot. I know Mo would be happy too. Thanks again, and thanks for chatting with Brad as long as you did. LOL. Smiley face. Love, Kate. I love that we're getting, now we're getting snail mail and emails from... From the women to whom they are related by marriage. Right. (laughs) 
and we like it so much, we're going to give it another plug. What's the name of the book? Today I Feel. All right. And as we said, you can just go over to aaronsbooks.com, use the code LLPOD, and you get your 15% off. Yep. All right. Next, we heard from Greg Sheramita, episode 154, and Devora TBD. Oh. So we'll have to look into that, Roxy. It says, listening to Sue Heidel's Bangkok stories, I also have a foreign language story from my first tour in Japan. My friend and I were in Tokyo, and we were trying to find our hotel. My friend spoke excellent Japanese, so we saw an American-slash-European guy and Japanese woman walking along the street. We went up to the American-European guy and asked where this particular hotel was located, and he just stared at us. The Japanese woman, in perfect English, said he doesn't speak English, and proceeded to give us directions as we needed. So, you never know. (laughs) You never know. That's a good point. Next, we hear from Joe Magnew, episode 70, wanted to welcome new Yinzer Brad Phillips to Pittsburgh. I forget what that means. I, d- I know it means a, mm. another word for a Pittsburghian. Is that how we say it? Maybe. I don't know. He says, Chuck, next time I'm back home, I will get some white chocolate from Daffin's Candies, a family-run chocolate heaven in Sharon, Pennsylvania. It's the best I've ever had. Now, I've been oh. through Sharon, Pennsylvania, but I've never heard of that. Looking forward to that, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for that. And then, Roxy, should we just get to it? Sure. I'll let you do the honors. Oh, boy. Dear Choxy, lots to cover here, so let's dive in. Thanksgiving had a unique twist with the sports watching because of the World Cup. It was in direct conflict with football, specifically the Detroit clock management ineptitude. But I digress. Question, is it odd to have the World Cup playing on Thanksgiving? Would it be odd to have the Olympics played on Thanksgiving? Let's face it. Baseball is headed there. How weird would it be to watch the World Series while eating Thanksgiving dinner? Off topic. Desserts. Traditional pie or something else. I went straight for the eggnog ice cream because A, it's amazing, and B, once the turkey is eaten, it's Christmas time, and this is the official kickoff for the season. Cue Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Is it too early to discuss Christmas dinner? It's not. I'm caught between two worlds because my Italian relatives were big on Christmas Day lasagna while my wife's family goes more with the ham or turkey kind of meal. Is there a traditional Christmas Day meal? Why is it that in the many incarnations of the tale, A Christmas Carol, they're eating goose? Who will bonds questions more? Chuck or Roxy? One of these days, I will send a voice message. I feel like I would be betraying Dina's work here, and that's just not right. Brandon Borzelli, Le Banan, New Jersey. (laughs) FYI, I left the review that left off with the line, better than a hockey segment. Somehow, deep down, you know this was the case already. I guess. Now, there's tons to dissect there, Roxy. I don't know how much time we have to get into all this. I mean, let's talk about the Christmas dinner. First of all, that's interesting. He says the lasagna. Yeah. We always had lasagna on Christmas Eve, mm. and then we had the leftovers on mm-hmm. Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So My family was... did something totally different. Yeah. We didn't have lasagna. We had Christmas Eve spaghetti the night before, plus we had the seven fishes. I guess we should have started. We're both Italian. Yeah. So. We had the seven fishes and all the things, and then Christmas Day, we would do ham. Yeah. If we ever had goose, I think I would... I'd hate Christmas yeah. forever. Yeah. 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 I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> and I definitely don't want Mariah Carey singing to me on Christmas either. Uh, it's let's, a classic. What else do we have? Uh, once turkey is eaten, it's Christmas time. Sure. I mean, we've always said that. We started decorating. We got our tree up yep. day after Thanksgiving this mm-hmm. year. So that was good. We posted a little picture on Twitter and all that good stuff. Oh, we should talk about the World Cup. Yeah, I'm having issues. I have not watched one second of the World Cup, which is very disappointing. Don't hate me, all you soccer fans or football fans, because I usually get into the World Cup. That, I usually get... 
It's so weird this year. I can't do it. I can't. It's a summer thing for me. Yeah. It's always been over the summer. Uh-huh. So it's really odd. I don't know. I've also been very busy mm-hmm. rehearsing all day and stuff. And when we come home, we have so much TV to, to catch up on, which we'll get into a little bit later on in the show. But it's weird. I mean, yeah. sure, if the USA especially is in a bigger game, I know we, we got out of the first round, which is exciting, but I just don't. It's weird. It's always been a summer thing, and it's really weird to get into over the holidays mm-hmm. so far for mm-hmm. me personally. Mm-hmm. But I also can't see watching baseball on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's it's. It's bad enough already. Yeah. I think it should be much quick sooner. You know, yeah. It's, it's weird. All right. And then I think the only other important thing in that email is who Wilbon's questions were. It's definitely you. I, I might I do guess. it occasionally, but it's definitely you. So anyway, thank you, Brandon, for that email. Now, Roxy, before we get to our Meet the Littles guest, which is freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some housekeeping things to get through. And the first one is it's kind of from Cool Aunt Claire. It's, uh, it's just a heads up. That at Emmett's Pub and Restaurant, December 6th, that's a Tuesday, December 6th, there will be a Littles Gathering. It's Emmett's Pub and Restaurant, Boston, Massachusetts. The address is 6 Beacon Street in Boston, Massachusetts. The zip code is 02108. So it's a, what do they call those on the? Random gatherings. Random gatherings, yes. So random gatherings, Emmett's Pub and Restaurant, this coming Tuesday. Uh, I'm not sure we'll have an episode again before then. So, oh, 6 p.m. I forgot to drop the time. 6 p.m. Be there or be square. I don't think we'll be there, but. You'll be in New Haven. I'll still be in New Haven. So, okay. Then next, more importantly, Little Elves this year. Little Elves. We have the information. Little Elves 2022 Holiday Drive, our sixth annual. Hey, let's pause for a second. Did I mention this is episode 190, Roxy? Whoa. 190. Wow. All right. So let me read this real quick. Sorry for the diversion. Real quick. For the first time last year, we tried a one-day little blitz in support of Rocco's Warriors, the charity founded in memory of Rob Berg's nephew, Rocco. It was a wild success, raising over $5,400 for the family of Emma, a leukemia patient at UPMC Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. This year, we'll be conducting another little blitz, hoping to add a really nice amount to the 11000 we have raised over the last five years for children suffering from life-threatening illnesses. This year, our 2022 holiday drive will be a one-day little blitz taking place on Wednesday, December 14th. All money donated by the Littles between 12.01 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on that day will be earmarked for Sam Houts, I hope I'm saying that right, and his family. All you have to do is send your donation directly to Rocco's Warriors via PayPal or Venmo. And we will put all this in the show notes. PayPal is at Rocco's Warriors NP. That's Nancy Paul at the end. Rocco's Warriors NP. Or Venmo is just at Rocco28. Rocco and the number two and eight. If Venmo asks you for a four-digit code, that is 8148. So like I said, we'll put all that in the show notes and we'll certainly be reminding you again before December 14th because there will be an episode before that. Yes. All right, Roxy. I think that's all the housekeeping we have, I hope, for now. There's going to be more. It's the holidays, as we know that. There's always more. There's always more. But we've got a great Meet the Littles guest. Let's get right to it. We'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. This is Dave Spector from Bells Up Winery. While our hosts take a quick break, wouldn't it be a good time to pour yourself a nice glass of Pinot Noir? I mean, Chuck and Roxy are probably enjoying one themselves right now, so why shouldn't you? Okay, now back to the Loyal Little Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
Episode by Colin Steele, and this song is called Santa's Guilty, and it's actually being sung by Amy Cullum. Colin wrote in and he said this song was recorded by Piers Skeleton at the Simple Music Company in the UK. The lyricist is Mike Alderson, and the music composer is me, Colin Steele. Now, if you like what you hear, the best way to reach out to Colin is by his email address, and it is steelyman64 at aol.com. That's S-T-E-E-L-E-M-A-N 64, the number 64, at aol.com. And as always, we'll play the full song, Santa's Guilty, at the end of the podcast. All you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles and Roxy, Chuck, jam-packed meet the littles guests. Great! I mean, I'm here for it. To say we filled out the form is putting it mildly. Mm -hmm. There's been emails, there's been forms. Let's just get into it because there's so much. Please welcome to the podcast Ronnie Newmeyer. Hey, Ronnie, how's it going? Hey, Chuck, Roxy, how are you doing? We're fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I. I don't know where to begin. We're going to take it back like we always do, but there's the so much to get into. <laughs> I hope we can fit it all in. What a life. That's all I can say. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles. Take us back. Tell us a little something about yourself. Well, I was born in Washington, D.C. I'm a sixth or seventh generation Washingtonian. There's family history going back to purported incident where one of my great-grandparents was out in the alley during the Lincoln assassination and couldn't get back into his family apartment and until the next morning and got in trouble for that. So that's okay. how what? <laughs> Thank you for starting with that, because <laughs> otherwise that would have been the Barry Lilly moment. That's not on the form. I don't, I, did you write that? I didn't see that anywhere. That wasn't on the form. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Wow. I was, that's a, okay. Wow. All right. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. So I grew up in uh, Bethesda, Maryland. I went to Walter Johnson High School, which is also the alma mater of Tim Kirch, and then I played Little League Baseball on a team with Tim and his brother Andy. Tim is a little bit younger than me, and Andy's a little bit older than me, and they were both excellent ball players. I was pretty miserable. But, uh, <laughs> and Littles, this was also not on the form or in the email. <laughs> no. Did you like avocados back then? I don't recall him liking avocados back then. Okay. But he, but, but what Instead I of orange slices, that, they brought avocados, right? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> what I do recall is uh, when you're the worst player on the team at that age, especially when there's a lot of older guys, they don't really have anything to do with you. And yeah. So it was a fairly lonely experience. Tim was extremely nice and would talk to me as I sat on the end of the bench. Aww. He was a starting player playing with kids older than him. So I was impressed by that. I, he wouldn't know me today. I, at least I don't think he would. But uh, he went to Walter Johnson, so I went to Walter Johnson High School, graduated in 
72. I'm 68 now. And I briefly considered going to college. Where else? Frostburg. And two weeks before school was supposed to start, I decided on a whim to join a band with a couple of friends that had gotten a little cottage house on a farm, extremely cheap rent. So I kind of did that, dabbled around in college for a little while, was a really miserable student. I grew up as a huge music fan, like so many in my generation when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan in 1964. I became a huge Beatles fan. I joined the Beatles fan club and saw the Beatles twice in 1964 and 66. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's kind of all I ever wanted to do was something around music. And when I was in high school, I'm sorry to say my ambitions were pretty much just maybe I can be a roadie for a band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was very funny. You said go to college. Instead, you joined a band. Is that what you said? Yeah, became a musician. that was pretty much I it. it. That was pretty much <laughs> it. I love the idea of higher education, putting it into actual practice with my kind of ADD tendencies. I just I never really was able to get that much out of school. So, like I said, besides dabbling around and taking a couple of courses here and there, I kind of didn't really know what I was doing. My friends were going off to college. And so I began playing music in top 40 bands and then in some rock bands, original bands. And around this time, in the mid-70s, 1975, actually 1969, earlier than that, my father started a sandwich shop called Armand Subway Sandwich Shops. And it became a really popular sub shop in D.C. And six years after that, he started a deepish pizza restaurant called Armand's Chicago Pizzeria. Armand was my uncle's name, and it was just a better, more memorable-sounding name than my father's name of Lou. <laughs> so basically, I kind of have had a dual career between music and the family restaurant business, which we closed the last one that we owned in 2018. And brace yourself. So now what I do, <laughs> besides producing tribute concerts and playing bass in a soul band and doing some catering, I'm doing pizza delivery for the company that I used to own. Wow. Yeah. And so I've kind of had these two things going for a long time and I had a whole bunch of really uniquely great opportunities because of the fact that I grew up with the Lofgren family with Mills Lofgren and Tom Lofgren. Tom Lofgren is my age and has been one of my best friends since I think we met in second grade Wingate Elementary and Mills is his older brother and uh, of course has made some fame and fortune as a guitar player and been playing with Bruce Springsteen since right. 1984. And so Nils started out uh, using one of our bands, Tom and I, my band called the New Keys, to back him up for a bunch of shows in 1989. And that led to me having an opportunity to become Nils' touring bassist. Between 1990 and uh, I think the last time I did that was in about 2006. Okay. Are you going to get to the part where you played on stage with Bruce and Ringo Starr? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, these, well, these were two different things. So um, <laughs> Nils, of course, knows everybody. He's fun that way. He knows, besides musicians, he knows sports people and political people and actors and all kinds of people. He's got a story about everybody. So the first thing that happened was the Springsteen incident. That was um, 1989. Uh, Nils was playing at the Stone Pony headlining, and the New Keys were backing him up, and we also got to play a set of our originals opening the show. And he mentioned that Bruce Springsteen was coming, and Nils was, of course, had been in the band for five years at that point. 
And I was a massive Springsteen fan and couldn't believe that this was going to actually happen, but it did. And even more amazing, there was a bartender there, this is in 1989, who had a video camera, and there weren't that many around then. And there's videos of it on YouTube that you can see if you search uh, Nils Lofgren, Bruce Springsteen, Stone Pony, 1989. Oh, you my can gosh. Find videos of, I think we did the Wither song, Lean On Me, and uh, the old Rolling Stones uh, song, Not Fade Away. You think those were up on there. So after that, I got to tour with Nils. Max Weinberg was the drummer on the first tour that we did in the UK. And then in 1991, we were touring, did a long tour, seven weeks through the US and almost two months in Europe and went to Japan. And wow. When we were in Los Angeles in July of 91, Nils said, I said, my friend Ringo's coming to the show tonight and he'll probably <laughs> sit in with us. <laughs> and it was a completely surreal night. We were playing at the Roxy on Sunset Strip. And that was crazy enough. But as evidence of the wide and uh, varied circle of people that Nils knows. So I would come into the dressing room from in the club area and Nils would say, hey, Ronnie, come here. I want somebody, he wants you to meet somebody. And the first time he introduced me to Harry Dean Stanton, the actor. And second time through, he goes, hey, I want you to meet somebody. He introduces me to Vanna White. Uh-oh. <laughs> no way. That, yeah. That's Roxy's Third. job. She wants Vanna's job. I do. Oh, okay. She's I'd be very good at, well, it used to be turning the letters. Yeah, now now it's touch, touch the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The turning was cool. Right? Yeah, right. And then uh, the third time nice? in the dressing room. Wait, don't, don't go away from that. Was she nice? Uh, um, she barely said hi. Oh, yeah. Um, so she was uh, I would very say nice. Hi. She was very nice. I would be nice. <laughs> um, did I just I know call Vanna White a bitch on the podcast? Yeah, I did. did. Okay. That's Sorry. why you should have the job, Roxy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank nice you. Nice people need those jobs. Right. Um, and I'm not saying she's not nice. I right, no, right, right. No, right. And so the third time in the dressing room, he was giving a guitar lesson to John McEnroe. And wow. I said hi to him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. To me. And then the fourth time, I met Ringo. And as often happens when you meet somebody like that, that's almost like a cartoon character to you because yeah. you, you spend so much time thinking about them and looking at their pictures and listening to the music and everything. I have no idea what to say. So the thing that happened with Ringo was he had played on one of the songs on Nils' album, and we were on stage and brought up Ringo to play on that song. I had forgotten that Ringo had played on this song, and so I was kind of trying to coach him on the ending of the song through my body language. He's on the drums, I'm on the bass, and he's looking at me, and I'm making all these movements trying to indicate how we're going to end the tune. In doing so, because I have no business conducting anything, I completely screwed him up, and it comes to kind of to a crashing halt. He looks at me like, what the hell was that about? So so you made Ringo crash and burn? Yeah, I did. That should lead the resume. I'm sorry. That'd be a dream right there, right? He he shot me a look, which was like, you just made me crash and burn. I know this song. (laughs) So that was my Ringo moment. I had a similar thing. I had a similar moment with Springsteen. With Springsteen, it was putting my foot in my mouth where, and trying to find something to talk to him about. I was playing in a wedding band at the time, and we just learned, finally, one of his songs, I think, off of Born in the USA, called Cover Me. And... Most of the stuff that we were doing was kind of disco stuff. And so I said to him something like, I said, hey, I planned a wedding band and we just learned, you know, one of your tunes. I said, most of the stuff we're playing is, you know, Donna Summer and crap like that. And he kind of just looks at me and I later found out he had just written a song for Donna Summer. Oh, no. Loves Donna Summer. So I've got this 
habit of kind of like blowing my celebrity moments and, and doing something to completely embarrass myself. So that, yeah, we we, uh, we call that pulling a chuck. Is yeah, what we call that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now, Roxy, you're probably thinking, "Wow, there's no place to go but down from there, right? We've hit the peak." Right? I don't know. I think the running theme is no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. I love that he goes, you know, a tune called "Cover Me." Like we don't know it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the, only one of the best Springsteen. Yeah. All right. Roxy, yeah, we've got more, next? but we're going to tease it. Oh we're going to tease that. They have to come back for part two. <laughs> yeah. But I think we can do better than that. I think we can even, all right, or just as good. Okay. So we'll come back to it though. Real quick before we take a break, your fandom, you've been in DC your whole life. So that was uh, probably before, I mean, were you there when the senators were there? I saw my first senators game at Griffith Stadium, which mm. was wow. before. So when they opened RFK, it was called DC Stadium. Mm-hmm. I went to the very first game that was there, which was a Redskins Giants games. Wow. Washington football team, I should say. And I saw my dad never had season tickets, but he always seemed to know people that had tickets. Mm. I saw probably a dozen opening games. I saw two all-star games in the 60s there that were unbelievable if you look at the rosters mm. of the you know, Hall of Famers that were part of that. I saw all the big football team moments, mm-hmm. you know, in the Super Bowl years and yeah. the championship games and the Theismann's broken leg and all that kind of stuff. I was there at that Monday night game. Oh, so wow. I was a huge fan, but Dan Snyder has fairly much killed my interest in football. So I'm kind of excited about what the commanders are doing right now. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Nats fan. It was fun a couple of years ago when they won sure. the series. Yeah. I'm a Caps fan. I love Maryland basketball, University of Maryland basketball. But my sports thing is not quite what it was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's kind of time being a little more precious. And that's kind of why I'm not a PTI fan. It's it's a little too sports centric for my taste at this point. Gotcha. I still watch a lot, keep up with championships and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and love March Madness and stuff like that. But I'm not into my teams like I was before, where it was right. life or death. You know, right. right? Well, I also I'm interested. So you were there. What was it like when the Senators left? It was terrible. I went to the last game. Now was that when Ted Williams was managing? No, he was there just a couple of years before that. He was there in 69, I think. And okay, right. I think he finished 500. And um, mm. a friend of mine, actually, that I play music with, his father was a writer. And he got to write and he wrote a series of books like, What Does a Baseball Manager Do? And when they wrote that, it was when the season when Ted Williams was there. Mm. So they, they got to cover Ted Williams and kind of follow him the whole summer. Oh, kind wow. of neat. But yeah, I was a big Senators fan. They were always terrible. So you kind of got used to your team wasn't ever going to do anything. When the Senators moved the first time to Minnesota in 61 or whatever it was, I became a Minnesota Twins fan because a lot of my favorite players were Harmon Killebrew, Camilo Pasquale, were now Minnesota Twins. And they made it into the 65 series against the uh, Dodgers. So that was kind of fun. And I stayed with them as long as those players were there. And by the time those players left, there was a you know new new Senators team. I followed them. But yeah, the Nats have been probably my favorite of the DC teams of nice. late. Gotcha. And did you make it to Chatter? You must have, I'm assuming. I did. I went there and uh, it was actually the only time I ever met Tony was my girlfriend took me there for my birthday one year. And there was a bunch of people waiting to meet him and 
so when the time came, I got a picture with him, but I was struck with a sudden bout of shyness, and I, I didn't even like telling him who I was. Yeah. I, I was just like, I there's all these other people there yeah. waiting. I was just like, I didn't want to hang that up. So, sure. so I, I just took a picture and left him alone. So yeah. my ex-wife worked at the Washington Post magazine. Oh. So when my fandom with Tony goes back to when he first started writing for the Post in 79. Right. Nice. Because I, I remember when he when he came there. And I was a big fan of his writing and, and loved his columns. And in the mid-80s, the Washington Post started a magazine, and my ex-wife, Molly Roberts, became the photo editor. So Gene McManus mentioned this. Tony came up with this crazy idea. At this point, D.C. hasn't had a team for... 15 years and people are going nuts wondering if we're ever going to get a baseball team and so as an april fool's joke one year he published this big story in the post magazine the senators are back and he carried it through for the entire season and it was a weekly article and he would basically lampoon something about baseball you know the overpaid sluggers different aspects of the game that were worth making fun of and, and so that's what he would do and so the columns would need a couple of pictures so that people would have something else to look at besides the type. And so we used my softball team, which was Armand's pizza softball team. And, you know, our big home run hitter, he played a guy named Mo Don Dorcas, who was the slugger that Tony made up, who was the slugger on the new Nationals team. He wrote in a third base coach named Otis Bettelson, and Otis Bettelson gave signals to the runners whether to steal or not by means of doing yo-yo tricks. And <laughs> this was because my father was a yo-yo champion when he was a teenager. He was a magician and a yo-yo champion, actually. He was a working magician and a yo-yo champion before he got into the pizza thing. Um, mm. And so he embodied Otis Bettelson, so they dragged him out to RFK, and he put him in the uniform, and he stood on the third base box doing yo-yo tricks. <laughs> They included pictures when they were doing a bit about the live ball era and so many homers, and they wanted to illustrate how easy it was that homers were hit. Included in the picture was my then probably 70-year-old Uncle Armand holding a bat and my then two-year-old son Ryan holding a bat. And so I didn't ever meet him back then, and I don't know that I met Gene until much later than then, but Gene was friends with Molly. and That's so cool. And Littles, since, you know, you've been doing all the name dropping this episode, we're going to do a little ourselves. He's referring to Jean McManus, episode 140. Yes. We had the pleasure of meeting, meeting her, her mm-hmm. on the podcast. So that was great. Listen, we've got so much more to get into. You can't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Lloyd Littles Podcast. And Roxy, what a treat this is, right? My jaw is still on the floor. It's on the floor. Well, it's going to stay on the floor. Oh, boy. Okay. Because I'm going to bring you, I don't know why I'm referencing this, but you'll know why in a second. Dwan Reese, episode 29. Mm-hmm. I believe what the title, it was what? Chuck Berry is a tough cookie? Yeah. I believe that was the title. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Just throwing that out there. I'm going to read on. You thought Ringo and, and Bruce. How about this sentence? I also played behind Chuck Berry at the White House in 1994. Stop. So why don't we go into that a little bit, would you? Sure. (laughs) So a friend of mine named Bill Danoff is the guy who wrote Take Me Home Country Roads with John Denver Mm -hmm. and also wrote Afternoon Afternoon Delight for the Starland Vocal Band. He was in uh, Georgetown University with Bill Clinton in 1968, and they were supposed to have a big concert party at the end of their graduation with Chuck Berry performing. 
the assassinations and the riots that summer scuttled that. So fast forward to 1994, and Clinton's in the White House, and he told his Georgetown University classmates, and he said, that party that we canceled, he said, we're going to have it at the White House. So he asked Bill Danoff to line up uh, the musical entertainment and to try and get Chuck Berry. And of course, Chuck never travels with a band. He always hires a band. And basically, there's no rehearsal. You kind of got to know his material. There's uh, famously no set list. And there's no cues or anything. You basically <laughs> got to go. know what he's going to do. Wow. So I was like kind of scared because I'd... I've seen, uh, <laughs> I've heard the stories of them, you know, like firing people in the middle of a show and cussing people out. And I was like, it's a lot of pressure. But then I just, just like, you know, I can't pass up the opportunity to play at the White House with Chuck Barrett. Absolutely not. So we get to the White House and there's a, it's an outdoor thing. There's a huge, huge tent there. And Chuck's on stage and he's noodling around and he's only got a piano player with him. And myself and the drummer from my soul band uh, are backing him up. And Bill Danoff comes over and he goes, hey, come on, let's go over and meet Chuck. And he takes me over and Chuck's sitting on an amp playing his guitar and I'm right next to him. And Bill Danoff says, Chuck, this is Ronnie Newman. He's going to be playing bass for you tonight. And I stick my hand out and I go, Chuck, this is the greatest honor. I, I can't believe I have the opportunity to, to even meet you, much less perform with you in such a setting. This is a great honor. And he puts his face right up to mine and he goes, sometimes it's better not to meet. And he pauses like about a microsecond, which felt like 10 days. And then he just starts laughing. He grabs my hand. Hey, man, great to meet you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, my blood had completely run cold. Yep. Right. As as he, he literally goes, sometimes it's better not to meet. <laughs> so, the, so we get out there and he turns around before we start. And he says, we'll start off a little. Let's do a little Beethoven and see. So I'm going, oh, great. Roll over Beethoven. And he's telling us the key. And this is going to be okay. He understands we're at the White House. We can't blow this. And that was the last cue or key or song or anything. We, we got the rest of the night. Every other thing, he would just start playing. And he'd kind of hold on for dear life and try and follow him. And mm -hmm. um, it was fun. He sang My Ding-A-Ling. And he said, we don't need the band on this one. So we stopped. And he had Hillary sitting right in the front row. Um, and it's just an amazing moment, like kind of watching her, like trying not to smile, but not look too, you know. Into it. Stiff right. at it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do here? Roxy, do you know so, that song? I don't. Yeah. I probably Ro do. Roxy doesn't know that song. I probably do if I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Not one of his best. But, but, um, it's not bad. Right. <laughs> For what it is, you can't beat it. Yeah. It's, All right. it's good too. Now, yeah. Roxy, I mean, I don't know if this is, I've saved the best for last or I don't know. And Lee Gordon, don't get worried. You're still our Santa Claus. But it says here, other notable jobs including being a mall Santa and Congrams, delivering balloons in a gorilla suit. I love that name, Congrams. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the odd jobs when I started playing music and I needed something to mm. do to provide other income. So, yeah, it was delivering telegrams. Were they singing? Telegrams. Did you sing? Yeah. No, no, God, no, 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 no. We delivered bananas or balloons or flowers or cookies generally. Okay. And they told you, you have to stay in character. Once you were out of your car, you leave the gorilla head on. You can't like be out of character. Yep. So I'm downtown and can't find a parking space and I'm late and it's August and it's 110 degrees and I've got the gorilla suit on and I'm like, got the head on. And I'm trying to run, you know, four blocks to get there. And I turn a corner and there's a German shepherd on a leash that it's luckily stopped about an inch before me, but he saw a gorilla coming. 
<laughs> I'm pulling the head off. I'm going, it's me, it's me. Oh, my gosh. And then he was fired because he pulled the gorilla yeah, head off. Yeah. Right. So that was Colin Graham's. And one Christmas season, I was Santa Claus at Montgomery Mall in Bethesda. I think I was probably 19 at the time. And what? Absolutely had no business. They should have never hired a 19-year-old Santa Claus. <laughs> right. I know, right? I was going to ask but, for a good story from that, but maybe you don't have any. <laughs> the good story was a kid pulling down my beard and putting his face real close to mine and saying, you're not Santa. <laughs> and I was just like, I couldn't think of a thing to say. I was like, I felt, you know, like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it's such a disappointment. <laughs> the worst part of that job was, I think they had two beards and there was like six Santas over Ooh. the course of a day. And if you were in one of the later shifts, oh, it was disgusting. The beard was wet and, you know, oh. it was, it was wonder I didn't get tuberculosis. Oh, my gosh. I would have got my own beard. Yeah, right. Well, he's only 19. I <laughs> yeah. couldn't afford it. Yeah, true. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Well, so much. What a life. And I'm sure we've barely touched it. We'll have to get to the food truck pioneer stuff another time. Okay. Well, we do five mediocre minutes now because, yep. you know, we can't let you get away here without some of our fun, dumb questions. Alrighty. Uh, I have a wait. feeling some of these are going to be a little more serious than fun and dumb knowing Roxy because I already have one, but go ahead. Okay. You start us off, Roxy. Oh, mine might be yours. If you could host Saturday Night Live, who would you like to introduce as your musical guest? Joni Mitchell. Oh, oh yeah. Excellent. All right, Roxy, the reason you didn't you didn't know because you didn't have the email in front of you. Oh, so, right. You know, it says that you've been producing large tribute concerts and venues throughout D.C. What's your favorite? What's your favorite show you've produced? Probably, it's, it's hard to pick because I, uh, yeah. I love them all. Sure. I Just this past Saturday, I did a show called The Songs of Burt Bacharach and Hal David. And oh, nice. you never get to hear those songs really produced with the full yeah. effects that, that are in there. So we have, it's a 12-piece band. So there's two string players, two horns, two backing vocalists, two keyboard players, uh, rhythm section, and then a bunch of different singers. And I love the Burt Bacharach catalog, all the old Dionne Warwick stuff. So wow. that's a favorite show. I also do a Last Waltz tribute every November, the band's 1976 farewell concert, and there are different guests that they had. That's a real fun one. Tough to pick. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? I'm going to go way back, probably before your time. There was a cartoon called Top Cat, and Top it was cat. basically an alley cat and his buddies. And my personality has always been kind of organizing stuff for my friends and activities and concerts and different get-togethers and so forth. And so um, Top Cat would be nice. Would Are you be sure you're not talking about Heathcliff? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Kidding. <laughs> well, it sounded just like he's an alley cat with friends. So anyway, I'm, I'm a big, true. I don't know. I like Garfield. I'm not saying I don't like Garfield. I just, I also liked Heathcliff. No one likes Heathcliff. No one likes him for some reason. I used to read him a lot too. I used mm -hmm. to buy his books mm -hmm. and yeah. I would say that Garfield and Heathcliff are equals in my book. All right. See, I'm not the only one. Okay. All right, Roxy, what's next? Okay. I have to ask, do you have a favorite Beatles song? Probably Strawberry Fields. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. If you could host a game show, what would it be? Wow. I'll say the match game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's not on the air anymore, Roxy. No, it's yeah. not. Nope. We would play that. We would. We would sit here and play that, actually. Yeah, we would pause the TV, and it's funny make because, our picks. So it's funny because a couple times, I don't know if it was on one of those channels, the way back, you know, the original. And so it's so funny how when it could be the same question, but because of the time we're in, 
the answers are so different. So different. People don't want to go yeah. there. So when we were playing like the old one, you have to think from like the 70s. Right. Like, that was so hard. You know, and it would be like, who's the heartthrob and who's the, right. the sexiest mm-hmm. woman out? You know, it was like one of Charlie's Angels or something. And right. It's, it's not yeah. Beyonce. Yeah. You know no, I mean? right. So it's like, yeah. Yep. Anyway. All right, Roxy, what's next? If you could time travel, where or when would you go? I think I'd go to New York in the 40s and 50s and check out the jazz clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You play jazz, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big band is my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite. You know, as a drummer, you can play anything, essentially. Mm-hmm. But the shows like Rent, I've done, but it's just not my thing. I love that Irving Berlin, big band, swing, that yep. kind of stuff. But yeah, jazz too. Uh-huh. Yeah. All that stuff. Great. This might be interesting. What is the first major news story you remember as a child? I think it was probably John Glenn's space wow. flight in 1961, I believe it was. Yeah. No, no, even before that, I remember. Yeah, no, it was the Kennedy-Nixon presidential thing in 60. Oh, wow. oh, okay. All right, excellent. Yeah, yeah, and then John Glenn. Roxy, a couple more. What's your most embarrassing childhood memory? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, so many. <laughs> Top three. No, <laughs> Or we could do the alternate. What's the worst thing you did as a kid? Right. Well, I told the story uh, in an email that got read on Tony's show. But one time, my friends and I threw a bunch of eggs out of the 16th floor of the apartment that we lived in into the parking lot. And many of them hit cars and (laughs) messed them up. And so we had left the apartment and went and hit some golf balls and we're walking back and the building manager came striding out and she was just fuming and said, said, I've been waiting for you, said, I need to talk to you. And I said, what's the problem? She said, I think you know the matter of something being thrown out of the 16th floor windows. And I said, we didn't throw any eggs out the windows. (laughs) 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 My friends fell over. Nice. Here's another one. See, this is funny. I'm getting more like good feeling type of questions. Okay. What accomplishment are you most proud of? The concert production stuff that I do now. I started doing it when I was 50. And it kind of fell into my lap when I got asked to produce a tribute to Nils Lofgren um, since mm-hmm. I'd played with him. And I didn't realize how it could be more than just the music and the concert, but in choosing the performers and the things that you could do. And instead of hiring a bunch of different bands, I kind of made each song a special collaboration between some hand-picked people. So there was a lot of creativity in, in that part of it. And gazillion friendships have formed out of that. And the D.C. music community is, is a really cool place, and there's a bunch of great people uh, associated with it. And so at my age, you don't meet a whole bunch of new people and become friends with them. But because you're working intensely on a show for kind of like when you do a play, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. for some period of time leading up to the event, and then you do the event, and then it's over. There are some really neat friendships and collaborations and working relationships that, that come out of it. So kind of being at the center of that has been really satisfying and, and is what I think is my best accomplishment. Wow, that's wow. great. Wow. Well, Ronnie, we can't thank you enough for coming on the Meet the Littles. And speaking about the accomplishment you're most proud of, how can we reach out to you? What do you have to plug? Are you on Twitter and all that stuff? I am not on Twitter. I have a uh, Facebook page. I have two concert production companies. One of them is called Newmeyer Flyer, N-E-W-M-Y-E-R, F-L-Y-E-R. The other one is called Bandhouse Gigs. Bandhouse Gigs is a uh, not-for-profit. Newmar Flyer is intended for profit, and they both do multi-performer 
tribute concerts, albums, eras, artists, all kinds of different things. So you can find that on Facebook. I've got a Beatles tribute, a Valentine Week tribute coming up at a club in Washington called the Hamilton. February 11th, this will be the 10th year for that show with different performers each year. And doing a Love and Spoonful tribute this coming Saturday night that's already sold out. That's at a, uh, a house concert venue. Right. Another group that's uh, one of Tony's favorites. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do a bunch of shows throughout the year and everything from the Everly Brothers to Weather Report. So if there's music fans in the D.C. area, keep an eye out for Newmar Flyer Bandhouse gigs. Excellent. Or my soul band called Soul Crackers, which is a nine-piece Motown horn band. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again, Ronnie. We really appreciate it. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? I'm just grateful that it's there. Okay. <laughs> that was so polite. It was. That's I'm great. just grateful. Or, or you're will bonding the question. That's really no. what's happening here, isn't it? So anyway. All right. Well, Ronnie, thank you so much again for the time. We really appreciate it. Great to talk to both of you. Good luck with everything. And, and I hope to meet you sometime in person. All right. All you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Shane Hicks. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you so much, Ronnie Newmeyer, for coming on the podcast. Roxy, those stories, right? Incredible. I mean, My jaw is still on the floor. (laughs) I forget. I lost count. Ringo, Chuck Berry. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. You know, just a few names. What an exciting life. Yeah. I I love, just love meeting the Littles. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. So, Roxy, so much going on in our world We've gotten a little behind on the TV, but not behind enough to start our, I guess it's going to now maybe be a little semi-tradition of these animated classics or just Christmas movies in general. We also have some shout outs. Some, do you have a new show this fall that you, anything that started? Nothing really, right? No. Nope. For you? Mm-hmm. I have one and I want to say bravo. It's called East New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new cop show. It was kind of a last ad for me but i just need to give a quick shout out because one of the best cliffhanger type episodes for like from the fall to the spring mm-hmm. you know what i mean good shows used to do that every year where they you're like oh i can't wait they're gonna make they're gonna make me wait till what february or march to find out this right you know what i mean like who the father is did they die you know that kind <laughs> of stuff all these great cliffhangers and you don't see coming mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so they did one and it was quite well so you know that show's just started it's probably only like eight episodes in little okay. if, you, if you're interested in, in a new cop show i know there's a lot out there yeah just thought i'd give you a quick plug for that now we get to our uh animated classic roxy I, we didn't do so well with this but it's called reindeer in here okay but to be fair i was very tired yeah we were both very tired <laughs> But we wanted to, pushing through for the podcast sake, so we'd have this to talk about. I guess maybe we should have waited, to be fair. But on the other hand, it was cute, but the new animation, I didn't, I, I'm a sucker for the old ones. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for the old Well, it was school. definitely not trying to be like a claymation. No, oh no, I know. It's, yeah. It was more like the new Charlie Brown that oh, we discussed last, mm-hmm. it was the last episode mm-hmm. of the episode before that, how much we did like that. Right. You know, it's not what we were used to. It's mm-hmm. not the old school Charlie Brown cartoon but we did like it. I do want to give at least one, what do we do? Trees? Yeah. Trees. At least one tree for the originality because we've seen so many remakes and things like that. That's just so unoriginal. So Mm -hmm. I want to give at least a tree or two for that. Yeah. Uh, Just because they came up with a new idea. Do we want to, it's already aired. So I guess it's not really spoiling it, but it's about a reindeer who crashes into things and I I don't know (laughs) when it flies. So it can't really fly. And 
It reminded me a little bit of America, Greatest American Hero. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's anyway. It's it's just silly. I I guess I'm just gonna go with Two Trees. I don't know. I. Okay, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. So, so far, we've got a long way to go. We can only go up from here. Maybe three trees. Okay. All right. I don't Roxy's know. being nice. That's fair. It's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. We're going to go with it. But th- we've got more to come. But it was a new original mm-hmm. movie on TV, so yep. we really thought that was really great. All right, Roxy, a few more things to get into. Now, Roxy doesn't even know about this one, but it was kind of cute, and so I was saving it. So we're going to go with this for our tiny little suggestion. I, I came across this. I don't know, it's a friend's post on Facebook or anything, but it reads like this. And I've tried this. So it works and it's not a scam and you're not calling like Taiwan or something. It says, if anyone needs a little motivation today, call 707-873-7862. It's a school project where kindergartners give you a pep talk. <laughs> it's so cute and it's automated. Now, I did this. You did. Whoever came up with this idea should get teacher of the year. I'm assuming it was a teacher of some sort that came up with the idea. It's a whole menu and it's multiple menus and they do different languages and things like that. It was, it was the cutest thing I'd ever. So I forget like one was if you just, if you're just having a bad day, you just need a pep talk, push one. If you just need like some encouragement or something like that, push seven, you know, they have all these different options and then you push it and it's these little kids (laughs) that like, you're having a great, you look great in that outfit today. You look, it's like all these different, I only did a couple because I didn't have time. That's so cute. But I I feared that this was like some scam or like I said, it's going to cost you a ton. No, it's the area code. I think I said 707. I'll put it in the show notes Mm -hmm. just in case you want to do it. Mm Little. I just thought it was a very clever idea. It's a great little project for little kids and students. And actually, I don't know, Roxy, should we try it? Yep. All right, let's try it. Hi, welcome to Pep Talk, a public art project by Westside School. Bienvenidos a Pep Talk, un proyecto creado por los estudiantes de Westside School. Para un mensaje feliz, presiona cinco. Right? Please listen to the following options for encouraging messages. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press one. If you need words of encouragement and life advice, press two. <laughs> if you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press three. She sounds like Sally. If you need to hear kids laughing with delight, press four. Aww. To hear how awesome you look, press six. Let's do that. For wrong. bonus oh. pep talks, press seven. There's so many. To donate, press zero. Oh, yeah. That's important. All right, For so encouragement in Spanish, press five. <laughs> All right, here we go. You look better than a star in the sky. <laughs> Lady, you're doing great. Rambos are jealous of you. Bro, you're looking great. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press one. Wait, press one. If you need words of encouragement, are you mad or frustrated? Advice, press one. Press two. Well, when you're feeling mad, you should take three deep breaths and think of things that make you happy. The thing that makes me happy is when and and I think of happy things that will happen in the future, like going to a friend's house or a cousin's house. Bye. Or a cousin's house. If you're frustrated, just take five minutes off. <laughs> if you're frustrated, you can always go to your bedroom, punch your pillow, or cry on it, and just yeah. go scream outside. Yeah. If you're nervous, go get your wallet and spend it on ice cream and shoes. Yes, if please. If you're mad or frustrated, <laughs> you can do what you want to do best. Or you can do flips on the trampoline. If you feel mad, please do something that you like. Do something that inspires you. Do something that makes you feel better. Yeah. 
If you're sad or angry, go get a cookie, a smoothie, or an ice cream. <laughs> if All you're right. feeling I think we're going to end there. Oh, <laughs> my god! So I hung up. So Littles, I mean, come on. Oh, my gosh. If you got nothing else going on, I mean, and you need... Do that. I mean, do, I've, uh, my face hurts from smiling so much right now. I can't wait to get off this thing so I could call it again. Okay, <laughs> 707-873-7862. It's great. So uh, I have a feeling the Lay Littles podcast will be making a little bit of a donation to them because yes. that, that was really sweet. And Aww. I'm sure it's for a good cause. I'll look into it, make sure and all that stuff. Make sure so it's legit. So sweet. Um, but yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. And it's fa- we, we should probably start with one of those. I like needed maybe that. Episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So and then, Roxy, before we get out of here, let's uh, a big thank you. We finally got to the bottom of who sent the book. Roxy oh, yes. let it out of the bag. It was a book, but this is fine. And we're just going to, we're going to rip the bandaid off here. It's Greg Sheremita. Okay. Now, not only did he send that, so this, I got to tell the whole story. So we got the book, I don't know, like five days ago. Yeah. Now this is the book we already bought right. from aaronsbooks.com. Yep. You can buy it there and we use the code. LL pod. And we got our 15% off and that was great. And so now we have an additional one because Greg Sheremita sent us one. One of my favorite parts was that the address label, it says it's addressed to Chuck and Proxy. Now, that's a new one. We haven't had a Chuck and Proxy yet with a P. So that's where it started. And we weren't sure who this was from at all. So I put that out in the last episode. In the meantime, he sent an email saying, oh, it was supposed to have a note in it. It's from me. And he said there was something else with it, but I didn't really pay any attention. Okay. So fast forward to like three days later. Yeah. We get another box in the mail and it didn't have any note or anything in it. Okay. So it's, so this is like kind of a major spoiler alert, but it's called a diehard Christmas. Okay. It's written by Doogie Horner and it's illustrated by JJ Harrison. And that's important because it's amazing. Like I just cannot get into how great the pictures are the story, which we will probably be reading on an episode in the near future. And it's fantastic. I'm now, shaking my head. Now, the other thing we got in the mail. I'm shaking my head even more. I had to put it together. If you're looking on News Channel 12, it is pieces of wood and they lock in together. And I guess the best way, it's a model of what's called Nakatomi Plaza, I believe. The building where, spoiler alert, the guy at the end gets thrown off and he falls down. So I probably tweet a picture of this too. But it's an advent calendar and it starts at the very top of the building. And as he starts falling, it counts down one, two, three, four, all the way to 24. It's basically an advent calendar. I had some choice words when I opened it. It's a diehard advent calendar. What did you say? Why do littles hate me now or something like that? Littles hate me. (laughs) They're trying to get me to turn to the dark side. Well, I said, I go, now you definitely have to watch the movie. Oh, I don't want to. (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. I laughed my ass off. I'm not going to lie. And she, I did too. She did too. She was just also shaking her head. Why? Why me? But yeah. So thank you, Greg Sheremita. I thought we were over that topic though. No, never. It comes up every year, Roxy. Come on. Come on. Come on. And now we got a story to read. So this is going to be great. So we're very excited. You are. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) All right. Roxy, time is short. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. Everything is there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget, if you need a grip for your stick, go to stickgrip.com. If you need fog-free eyewear, go to fogfreeeyewear.com. And if you want to buy a book, go to aaronsbooks.com. And don't forget to use the code LLPOD. Once again, thank you so much to Ronnie Newmeyer for all those great stories and coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate it. Littles, if there is a holiday classic that we have not discussed yet, if there's one, don't make me go into the Rockettes movie. What was that called? 
holiday spectacular. We watched that finally, and we finished it. That's that's on the list. We're gonna, but we wanted to do this reindeer in here first. That's on the list. So we're gonna re- give, give our little review for that, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, but if there's one we're missing besides Die Hard. Let us know, and uh, we'll try to give it a watch if we can. We still have the Christmas story. What's the re- what's it called? The new one. Yeah, but what's is it just the Christmas story too? I don't know. Yeah, the new Christmas story. We're going to be watching that soon, mm-hmm. hopefully. That's there's on also the new Santa Claus on Disney Plus. Oh my gosh, there's too much, too much. But anyway, the most important thing is that the holiday season is here. Do your shopping early. Always remember, if you are out shopping online tonight, don't forget to use the code, people. Bro, you're looking great! Hi! The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. You're not Santa. Oh, yeah.